What's up, Long Beach? I'm your host, Julia Goldman, and you're listening to Season 3, Episode 3 of Artist Banter, a daily 49er original podcast that delves into the many manifestations of artistry within our local scene. Today, we're featuring Veronica Swift, vocalist and jazz performer from Charlottesville, Virginia. She's currently touring and performing her new self-titled album, Veronica Swift, on October 17th at Pepperdine University in Malibu, California. Here's a snippet. You tear down my reason. That was Closer from Veronica Swift's new self-titled album. Veronica, thank you so much for meeting with me today. Hey, Julia. Nice to meet you. You're not so far away from me. I'm uh, <laughs> And this is nice to like finally get... Pa- I just moved to LA about a year ago, so it's mm-hmm. nice to feel a com- sense of community out here. Oh, welcome welcome to the town. Um, could you tell me a little bit about your new album? Absolutely. Um, for those who are just getting to know me, um, of course, if you look me up, you'll probably find a lot of jazz. Uh, that's because I grew up in a jazz musician family. For 20 years, I have had a career of um, singing in jazz clubs, jazz festivals. That When I was a kid, that was just my way of life. It wasn't like... Mm-hmm the world I wanted to be in. I wanted to sing rock and roll. I wanted to sing classical music and funk and soul. And everybody listening doesn't just listen to one genre of music all the time, right? And I feel like a lot of artists and singers too, like they wanna explore the, the multiple facets of their personality. So that's what this record is about. It's the first time in my life that I get to show people the full spectrum of my personality musically and personally. That's great. Um, yeah, specifically, like on that note, um, I've seen your music, at least this album, be described as transgenre. Um, could you like a little bit further elaborate on what that means and how you specifically incorporate that into your album? Sure. Um, well, first off, I wanted to create a world that um, wasn't based off labels and and classifications, whether it's genre or, you know, like fashion or uh, sexuality, you know, insert word here. And I as also because the LGBTQ community is important to me, I wanted to create a place where um, musically I could get the point across that we don't have to like label ourselves so be so quick to, you know, we're not this or that, but it's a full spectrum and embrace like the middle, the the gray area in between. That's what makes Mm -hmm. life interesting. And so that's why I call this project transgenre um, because then I get to sing jazz and sing rock and embrace my queen uh, roots, like the, the band queen, and embrace yeah. my bebop roots and like classical roots. And it, it then it all makes sense in one place because the artistry is Veronica mm-hmm. Swift. It's not this or that. And I hope yeah. that communicates in the social context as well. I think um, that is kind of a staple of jazz as well. It's like it's innovative toward like more modern sense, but... Yeah, um, absolutely. But... And that, that transgenre word, a lot like, of course, I get like uh, questions about the relationship to like the trans community and LG- and furthermore LGBTQ mm. community. And I, I'm hoping that that comes across as a, a, a parallel, because what I've experienced musically, um, actually, a lot of my trans fans are like, this totally like speaks to what I'm going through in my transition. Mm-hmm. So even though it's a musical transition for me, or a musical coming out for me, that this does translate in that way as well. Oh, wow. You kind of mentioned the different historical genres of jazz. Um, 
what is the significance of it and what do you draw from them in your music? Um, well, in, in regards to just jazz, um, there's a lot of references on this album. If you listen to this record, you'll hear Bossa Nova, you'll hear Django Reinhardt, Gypsy, kind of like the French Django Reinhardt jazz. You'll hear old like Hollywood vaudeville of the Judy Garlands and then you'll hear bebop. And um, the, the key with this album is to connect genres, the through lines through these genres, be it jazz or classical or whatever, and to tell a new story and use the um, references that date back hundreds of years that inform the, the more modern style of music that inform who you are today. And so I've been choosing to do that through lyrics, um, through the musical arrangements as well. Uh, for example, on Closer, you'll hear the bass line uh, is the same bass line as the Nine Inch Nails version. When you break down the Nine Inch Nails version to just the, the core elements, that bass line and the melody and lyrics, that's carried on through in our more kind of James Brown Cold Sweat rendition. Mm -hmm. But it pays homage to both of these uh, brilliant artistries of James Brown and Trent Reznor by maintaining that fundamental element that is part of the core, um, you know, original intent of the arranger and producer and composer. So that's one key element that has to be carried on through all these arrangements. Mm -hmm. um, is this element um, like of incorporating different genres, is this something that's always existed within your music or just something that you're beginning? It's something that has always been there as the fueling, um, the guiding trajectory. But because of the world I was born into, the jazz world, there mm -hmm. was, um, it's kind of like, I, you know, do you watch The Crown? Do you know that show? It's 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 a fun show. I love it. Um, mm -hmm. Really well written. But but I see a, a parallel with having been born into the jazz industry. It's like being born into the royal family. My parents are world renowned, famous jazz musicians. And because mm -hmm. of that, there has been a sort of underlying pressure or expectation on me to carry that tradition and be a mm -hmm. part of that. And you are a great jazz singer. So you have to you have to do that. And, and you know, that's never something I wanted to do in a the passion sense right it's not singing jazz is not what has fueled my my goals um mm -hmm. this, this concept of transgenre i have been patient and 10 20 years of patiently waiting for the right moment and each record that came before this one um i introduced elements on my re last record the spitter earth which came out in 21 i started mm -hmm. to introduce a little bit more of like fusion and rock to kind of you know test the waters and show the audience you know this is where we're headed so i don't you know if you want to come with us then here comes this record with all the genres rock funk soul fusion classical jazz and this hopefully gives the fans who have followed us on this journey insight as to where we're headed next, which is maybe a little more theatrical rock and original music of mine. So each record yeah. just, it's like David Bowie's discography. I mean, he's changed with every album and that's what's the cohesive thing is just mm -hmm. yeah, David Bowie. Yeah. It's um, like taking your roots and kind of like emerging with your individuality. Yeah. That's what it seems like to me with Absolutely. what the, you describe as transgenre. And that's a universal concept that you don't have to be an artist to know what that feels like. That's just, you know, the things that you collect, the uh, mm -hmm. bits of information and what you learn through relationships and school and, and work and all these things that, that family troubles and whatever life throws your way, that that informs who you are and choosing mm -hmm. what to act on and what to include in that, your personality. Yeah. Absolutely. As you mentioned earlier with your trans friends or LGBTQ plus fans that have 
found some sort of like resonation with your music. Yeah, I think it is a um, theme of life. Absolutely. Um, and you're really lucky in this time to kind of see some of these, um, the, the uh, availability to call upon these different sides of your personality, at least in a musical sense, artists are becoming not, it's really hard to, you know, put an artist in a box these days. Like you, you see a lot of indie artists and alternative bands and like Kamasi Washington, for example, he's on uh, Pimp, How to Pimp a Butterfly. And, you know, all this, this mixed genre thing is starting to really become a part of uh, mainstream society, which I think is cool. Mm -hmm. Was, was that a frustration for you, um, kind of being born into the jazz world and being put into a box? Yeah, it was. And I didn't really know how to how to convey that frustration. Um, I could try musically, but still, even then, just within the jazz idiom, was there was not a place for those frustrations to really go. Also, mm -hmm. I'm a, for those who haven't seen me perform, I'm like very reminiscent of like Freddie Mercury and the bombastic performing and I'm jumping and you know, head banging, and it's all very theatrical rock and roll. That mm -hmm. is something I'd never been able to express until just now. So yeah, it was frustrating. And, and just feeling like the the constraint and the repression, you know, and not being able, also not wanting to turn my back on my heritage either. It's not mm -hmm. like I'm throwing up the middle fingers to a music yeah. that bore me, but. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, what has allowed you to overcome these hurdles and flourish as you are today? Like where the point you are now? Yeah, that's really good questions. Um, and I think these are what's allowed me to flourish is just, you know, before I never really looked at my sex as having been, you know, like me being a female in the industry, I never thought mm -hmm. about it much because I was always focused on the music. And I never took the chance to kind of step outside of myself and look at actually how being a female in a male dominated industry can be um, a drawback, right? It can, in, and in a way has fueled my, uh, this new embracing of, of my strength as like, no, this is being a female in this industry is a strength. And mm -hmm. I used to be very, especially when I was just singing jazz, I was very passive. That was a very, like, I kind of just let people walk all over me. And it wasn't until I started putting my original music and the rock and roll into my show where I started to then come into myself and find the power also surrounding yourself. And this goes for everybody listening. You got to surround yourself with people that enrich and, and support, you know, your goals and, and who you are and, and challenge you. But but in like a way that is going to be for the betterment of both of your you know, your relationship with whoever it is, if it's your bandmates or if it's your friends, you want to surround yourself with good, supportive people, not mm -hmm. people that want to like, yeah, like. Who recognize you as an individual beyond just like being a marker of a woman or, yeah, exactly. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. What other frustrations did you have within that time? Um, I, what you were talking about being a woman in the music industry in a male-dominated field. The frustrations were more... Uh, things that were happening to me in my life um like mm -hmm. i said at that time i didn't really consider the female aspect of of what some of my frustrations were and that you know when i when i then started to consider that i i had to do my internal work on mm -hmm. becoming stronger and you know yeah. uh, buying for myself but back then i was experiencing a lot this when, when we're talking back then we're talking like two th the years of 2012 to 2018 or 19 mm -hmm. those are my peak like I'm on a trajectory of being a jazz singer here going yeah. to music school University of Miami I was experiencing these frustrations of academia and 
mm-hmm. you know, being an, a very art, artistic thinker and like having to conform to a curriculum in some ways for my own good, you know, to, to be, to, to learn certain skills, get certain skills that I didn't have before. But because of that, that comes with that is the academia environment, which mm-hmm. can be difficult. Anyone who's been in music school or arts programs, any school is just hard. Um, and then also, my, of course, my lost my house in the house fire. And uh, my father passed away, had cancer, and just experiencing so much loss. And just, you know how it comes all at once, just one yeah. thing after. Oh, absolutely. When yeah. it rains, it pours, right? Um, so just, I was trying to navigate. And also, being a young 20s person, just going through relationships of being in abusive relationships and trying to find my strength. And yeah, I mean, it was tumultuous. Yeah. So the last thing on my list was, was of course, like <laughs> my own personal health. I was trying to just make it through, right? As a woman, you do endure that pain alone. Um, in, in, in many ways, and it's not recognized. Um, and I think what you were saying earlier about surrounding yourself with people who look at you like an individual and support you and wish for the best, I think that's I think that's a great thing to have. Yeah, yeah. I've been so lucky. I, I um, just recently started a couple of years ago where, well, he's part of this project came about because of our, our relationship and our working relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Viglione of the Dresden Dolls. The Dresden Dolls have been one of my biggest influences artistically, musically, everything. Just mm-hmm. that was one of the only bands that I really found that current bands when I was uh, like a teenager that I could look to for guidance and like spiritual and, and you know, artistic guidance. And so Brian, because I, re- I recorded a Dresden Dolls song on my album before this one, back in 21, Brian reached out and we've been working together, playing together ever since. And he has been, because he's been where I've been, he's, you know, a little older. The Dresden Dolls mm-hmm. went through the same exact thing, trying to, like, establish their brand by being who they are, not by conforming. So he's been super supportive. Um, I think on a more musical note and stuff and techniques that you implement, um, you know, you've, you've been born and raised into jazz. And um, just, I think, on, like, improvisation, it's, it's, it's obviously a key element in jazz. Um, when you were younger and growing up in it, how did you hone this skill? Right. Well, when I was, uh, before I was ever singing jazz, I, I started singing professionally jazz music at nine years old. But before that, I was always in choirs, mm-hmm. playing piano and trumpet. Ear training was, my ear training was strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was obsessed. Like my first passion was Baroque music, Bach, Handel, all that stuff. I just, for some reason, maybe I had a past life. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> I was always obsessed with trying to learn like all these lines and seeing seeing the lines in my brain, like physically seeing these, visualizing these lines intertwining mm-hmm. with each other. And then I started to, when I started to sing bebop stuff, I started to notice the similarities between. So my ear training and years of singing Baroque music, you know, practicing mm-hmm. preludes like trying to like get in the pitch every time mm-hmm. for having the, the vocal placement for bebop. And then I noticed, oh, these are very similar styles of, you know, the, the, the lineage is so connected. When you just put a swing groove, and you can start to mix the vocabulary from each yeah. So cool. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting term. Voca- it is vocabulary. Absolutely. Yeah. Like music is, you think of it like a language, you know? Uh-huh. The, 
the genres are like, you know, jazz has is kind of like romance languages. There's different mm -hmm. kinds of jazz that are like, you know, French, Portuguese that have similarities, but the languages are still very different. And mm -hmm. I noticed at a young age that um, the notes are like the words and the musical phrases are like sentences that give the words mm -hmm. context. And so knowing that, then, you know, using your ear and learning solos or lines from famous recordings, that's like mm -hmm. where then you understand the where the grammar is, that's learning the theory. So putting all that together, and of course, not being afraid to just take that. I think the, the biggest hang up that a lot of young singers, especially and musicians have is taking that first step being like, but I'm going to suck at it. Of course, you're going to suck at it. You've never done it before. I sucked yeah. at it when I started. And just taking that first step into like improvisation. It, it's such an uncomfortable place for human beings, right? Because mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, but that's it's I've learned so much Absolutely. from less is more too like it's just like with conversation mm -hmm. that's that's really interesting how you visualize things and you can kind of see where they intersect and it really is like a language and playing piano helps me helps us visualize that because you can literally see it like when you look down at your hands see how they interplay mm -hmm. I a little bit separate on my like personal musical thing like growing up in it when I eventually started to like play with the piano, it, it made sense. It all made sense to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's that light bulb moment where it's like you can hear these things, but it's just the connection, the synapse in the brain between muscles mm -hmm. and ear. And then when that happens, it's like, aha, now. Yes, uh, I think we've reviewed your journey and inspirations um, within the conception of your musical journey. But um, I wanted to hear more about specifically what this album means to you. We did review a little bit, but could you tell me a bit more? Sure. Um, I, I, as I said earlier, um, th this album has a few, you know, there's a few reasons why I did it. Um, first off, obviously, I, you know, this isn't an album about look at all the styles of Veronica Swift that she sings. Look at all the, it's not a, that's not what it's about. This mm. album is the first step into, think of it like a tree, the first step into my my career and my artistry that this is the focal point of all the elements of who I am and there's the roots a tree has its roots and I have just spent 20 years of a career um, growing and establishing those strong roots in jazz and um, in theater and that the technique the musical technique the craft work because that's something that social media fails to address is the craft. It's so focused on the product and the final product and comparing everybody's product to yourself. And I need to get like that. I want that. But the how to get there is so much more important and that gets lost. Mm -hmm. And so I think of it like a tree, you know, you spend all this time, the roots and the tree has to, it, it grows from the bottom up, right? The ground up. Mm -hmm. And then this album, my, my self-titled album, it's kind of like my mission statement artistically in life moving forward that I've established now the trunk. This is the base, the, the, the strong, mm -hmm. you know, focal center of the tree that through which all the branches of my artistry will grow. It may yeah. go rock and roll and like next might be an originals album with theater rock and queen kind of stuff. And then there might be a branch down the road that's um, a film script that I'm that I'm writing or for a Netflix series, or who knows, but the, it's not contained. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be no one's ever has to be you, you know, what's right for you, but to have something, a statement that's that focal point for everything to connect back to mm -hmm. is is super important. That's the only way to really successfully do this kind of thing. For you personally, um, have you had moments of satisfaction or pride or anything like that? 
Well, um, honestly, this is to my detriment because there's pros and cons. Like some people <laughs> are able to enjoy their body of work. And maybe when I'm older, who the hell knows? But I have always been a, the kind of person that's so future oriented. Like I've had this record that came out planned for the last 10 years. Every song pretty much was already picked out. And some people look at me like I'm crazy because it's like you want to allow for, you know, life to kind of bring you new things. You never know. And that's true. Like I'm very open minded to and mm -hmm. to receiving what life has to offer and bring in the moment. But it's been a very interesting and hard lesson in how to be in the present moment, because there is really no such thing as the future. If you mm -hmm. think about it, it's always just a conjecture. It's always like, oh, like this will happen, but it's not actually happening. The future is now. I mean, as cliche mm -hmm. as that sounds. And some people look more to the past. Some people look more to the future like me. So I think this has been a lesson in trying to stay present because then if you're mm -hmm. always focused on what's next, you're never able to enjoy, you know, the, yeah. the moment that's happening right now. And that's what everything's about. Yeah, absolutely. What advice do you have for people trying to break into the music or jazz industry? Well, the music industry or the jazz industry, because those are two completely different animals. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe both. Like, like each individually. I mean, I don't, I don't have any faith in the music industry as a whole because it's it's changing every day, and mm -hmm. you know, I see too many things. The, the further I get into it, I see how so much is just controlled by the, the gatekeepers, you know? And artists like me very rarely penetrate that that part of the world main, in the mainstream sense. Mm -hmm. But I think doesn't matter, jazz, music, industry, jazz industry, whatever you wanna do, people who are listening, make it your industry. The only way you're going to capture people's attention is if you bring something that's unique to you um, too many times I see like artists who are, you know, they want to, you know, if your goal is to be famous, that's one thing. I never had that goal personally, or to be rich. You know, my goal was just to sing all this, all this music and have it make sense. And it's not seen as, oh, like she's all over the place. That's been my goal. And mm -hmm. so really number one, know what your goals are and be, and don't stray from that because then people will look at you and say, well, she's all, he or she's all over the place or they are all over the place. But I think the biggest advice is to just find that thing that's uniquely yours and, mm. and allow that to like inform whatever your style may go here or there. But as long as you are an integrity with what is uniquely yours, for example, if you, if you were born in, if you were born in Israel and you come to America and you want to sing jazz or you want to sing, I have some students like this and they, they don't bring their heritage into their artistry. And I think that's a mistake. You should, mm -hmm. even if it's not, you're not singing, you know, in Hebrew or whatever, have that inform whether it's the harmonically or rhythmically or something that's uniquely yours. Find that thing. Mm -hmm. That's great. Thank you so much, Veronica. Thank you for sharing. And thanks for talking about your new album. This has been wonderful. Thank you. I hope that people, everybody who listens to this feels inspired that, you know, see it, it's working, you know, this kind of cross genre, multi-artistry, multimedia artistry does and can work and it is cohesive because it's your voice that connects it all so i hope whoever listens to this record um in their own life is able to then embrace and explore every facet of their creative venture
Thanks for joining us on this episode of Artist Banter. And a special thank you to our guest, Veronica Swift, for being here today. Again, Veronica Swift will be performing her new self-titled album, Veronica Swift, at Pepperdine University in Malibu on October 17th at 8 p.m. Tickets are available at veronicaswift.com. If you want to hear more from local contributors of art and music or follow along for future conversations, check out our website, daily49er.com, and our socials at daily49er. To keep up to date with Veronica's future performances and releases, check her out on all major music platforms and follow her on Instagram at Veronica Swift Official. Veronica, is there anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, sure. Anybody who wants to come see the show in Pepperdine next week, um, I always come out and say hey, hey to everybody. I say hello and and uh, like to talk and meet new people. And I live here. So if you're uh, living in Los Angeles, um, come meet me and say hi. And maybe we'll see each other around. Um, I'm super, super friendly. I don't bite. <laughs> but uh, for any of you jazz fans, rock fans, theater fans, classical music fans, no matter what, we do it all and in an authentic way, and we we embrace and explore and celebrate all kinds of music for all kinds of people. So come on out. It's really exciting. We appreciate you being here. Take care and see you soon. Bye. Bye.